0: Dirt, 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 I miss that Dirt, 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 gotta get back to I'm it I'm a dirt trackaholic, call it what you call it Saturday night, I am so Kenny Wallace on that Dirt, 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 I miss that Dirt, 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 gotta get back to it I've been the Kenny Wallace of the rap game. Ever since I hit him with that dirt track thing now, nationwide, everybody knows my name. They're like, mama, that's Kenny Montgomery. He sings that song we like. Yes. Huh. Yeah, boy, that's me. Roll like the trailer, I'm claussing. huh Them Hoosier tires glossing. Yeah. Them cold kind, we're tossing. Right. They know I came to wreck it, yet I rarely bring out a caution. Get. I hit the high side, boy, i park it for Brian Clausen. Uh. I do like-
1: Welcome back to Throttled Up the Podcast. and. That's a perfect intro <laughs> that I parked it for Brian Clawson because, Ryan, we're going to talk to the promoter of the No Way Out 40 and Brian Clawson being one of the legendary names that has won that event.
2: Yeah, I was looking at through uh, some of the names this week on uh, the No Way Out winners and, man, it's like, it's insane. The, the guys that have won this show.
1: Well, before we jump in here with Mason Fleetwood, a p- promoter of the No Way Out 40, I do want to tell you congratulations here on the podcast. Um, you have been, you know, rather absent lately for good reason. <laughs> um, good reason. We've got the uh, the most recent driver added to the Thirsty Goat uh, Motorsports uh, driver stable uh, with... The birth of Miles Jackson. So, congratulations to both you and Kelsey, man.
2: Yes, thank you. It's uh, it's been incredible. It's um, you know everybody before is like, man, it's going to change your life. It's going to change your life. You're going to feel things you never thought you'd feel. I'm like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. It's it's really cool to
3: what I tell you.
1: I said yeah. it'll be a good difference. It'll
3: be. <laughs> no, a, it it is, is. For sure. It's it's so,
2: definitely, um, you know, it yeah. gives you a new perspective on, on life in general and um, a lot of motivation, too, you know, to, to, to do good and, and do good things.
1: Just wait till they're acting like my three year old and they're getting ready to leave, and then they'll just <laughs> you know, piss you off. Yeah. But, yep. But now now, when he starts racing
3: later, you know, they always say you want to live your life through your. Your kid, you're not going to make him start in a hornet, right? No, no, no. He, <laughs> okay. He's going to
2: bypass. Uh, I'm, I'm going to keep that straight, glory straight yeah. to the
3: crown, Vic.
2: Yeah, we're going <laughs> to. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So are you saying you're going to be better to him than your dad was to you?
2: <laughs> I just want to give him the opportunities that I didn't have. It was, it was,
3: you made your dad awful proud. Yeah. I'm going to tell you that. Oh, I got. I, I was lucky enough to see that every week. Yeah. So, yeah,
2: yeah. it was a lot of fun. But I, I think that you know, it's it's. I've already got my my gears turned. I want to give him those opportunities that. You know, I, I never went without growing up. I don't want to sound that way, but there was a lot of opportunities i seen other kids get. It's like, man, that would be cool, you know, and, and that's that's kind of my motivation now is I, I want to give him the opportunities that I didn't have.
3: Well, you should have owned a fishing pole and you'd have had a lot more. I life. know, I know, <laughs> I, mean, I, know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I think I went fishing with him more than you did. Uh, yes, <laughs> I know.
2: I, I I was actually talking to somebody the other day. I'm like, man, I, I really want to go fishing again with dad, and, yep. and it's true. Like, I do. Um, it's just... We stay so busy, and I just I don't make the time to go do it. And I need to. Yeah. So.
1: Yep. Well, everybody, you hear that voice right there, and that is the uh, promoter of the No Way Out Forty, Mason Fleetwood and Mason. Uh, thank you for joining the show, man. You you've been with us before on on other podcasts and on here, and and uh, we always appreciate getting a chance to talk to you. And man, I got to be honest, I am extremely excited about this No Way Out Forty. I tell you what, I'm pretty tickled about it too.
3: Um, It was a long road to hoe to get to where we're at you know 14 years um it's not it's not an easy job to make everybody happy and do the right things for the race fans and the racers and and racetrack promoters you know i feel like we were fortunate enough to to keep it up burning as long as i could you know we had we built it there you know i mean we had six years there and it was Actually, five years with the No Way Out. The first race I had that was real successful, we just run a a sprint race. And I was like, man, we can build off of this. And so we did. And then when I was done leasing Vernon, Keithley, Tim Keithley, was at Brownstown. I took it there and run it twice with him. And then Tim left Brownstown, sold his lease out to Jim Price. So then I'm trying to think. I think I was five years with Jim. We had one year we didn't run it. Uh, which was the 2020
1: was canceled yes
3: and uh yep so we just rolled on you know and it's the 14th year and we've got a little change of venue which we'll get into a little later but i do appreciate you guys having me on um i want to get out there what we got going on for the race my new partners um and everything else that we're we got planned for this year of course you know the, the purse is nearly the win purse is, is nearly... Well, it will be doubled. Time we're done making announcements tonight. So, um, it's going to be unbelievable for guys to be able to race for 15,000 plus. You know, with some contingency awards and this and that. So, uh, you know, years ago... Well, it would have been four or five years ago since we canceled one. My dream was to have a 10,000 win race. And I did it. We did it at Brownstown. And it was... Ten years, ten thousand, you know, and I found out real quick that your race, your racers will race the same for four, four thousand to win as they do for ten thousand. They, it's all about winning. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so yeah, fifteen dollar trophy in victory lane will mean as much as as that check. Well, a I'm time. just going
3: to tell you, I ordered trophies today. There's no such thing as a fifteen dollar trophy. <laughs>
1: well, yeah, uh, you didn't come to Fresh Prince. Well. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but I'll tell you I, this, we don't have $15 trophies no, either. Okay, no. No. okay. so <laughs> we, we, I'm not a big trophy fan. No, I'm just going to say we don't have trophies. <laughs>
0: yeah. just leave it at that.
3: I was going to say every racetrack promoter thinks they can build their own trophies. Everybody's done it. I mean, oh, yeah. everybody, because you're thinking, one, it's kind of racetrack or trophy builders are about a whole lot like everybody else. They wait till the last minute, you know, and mm-hmm. lots of times at Thunder Valley, mine was getting delivered before the features. Yeah. The guy would build them literally on Friday evening, but he never let you down. He got them there. So, yeah, and as a racetrack promoter, you're like, man, I can build them. And then when you're stocking concessions with pops and food, and then you go, Shh. You know, no, we, we run six this. classes. Got to go home and build six trophies,
1: you know. So when we first bought this place, I looked up there and I thought, you know what? That will be really cool. Building trophies would be really cool. Mm-hmm. Then I built my first trophy. Mm-hmm. 'm not I'm not as big of a fan of building trophies mm-hmm. as what I was it just it is tedious it is long and it is uh I can run a lot more t-shirts in the time it takes me to build a trophy so I understand totally where you're coming from
3: yeah, when, when we first started building them, we had a table saw that we cut the tubes on. You know, of course, you get that black stuff everywhere you cut the tubes on. Tonya would always look at me and be like, why, why, why are they a little crooked? I said, well, I'm the guy that cuts four of them at one time. <laughs> yeah. You know, So she's like, well, the trophies we used to get never had those. Why are we ordering these caps? I said, so when that's cut crooked, you put that cap on <laughs> yep. it, you don't see it. I said, they're only three cents a piece. Hush, woman. Yeah. <laughs> you,
1: that's yeah. how we build trophies, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah. I always loved it when banquet time come around there. I don't know. For three years, three or four, we did our own trophies. And, you know, our banquets at Thunder Valley, they we didn't pay point funds, but we made sure everybody got big trophies. Like, I say, most,
2: my trophy was like six feet tall. Six I feel foot, like it was Lots big, of guys yeah. had
3: to take them apart. They wouldn't fit in the back of their truck yep. or their car or whatever. So, we always made sure, but man, the garage, we had six classes, and we always did the top ten, so, you know, it's easy math. I mean, we did a bunch of trophies, and then you look at it and go, okay, now I got to I gotta borrow a trailer to get them To there. get them all so, there. Yeah. yeah. So, it was, yeah. And then you always learn, if you're going to do a banquet, you always take handfuls of spare eagles and <laughs> coppers, because some kid's going to get up there and knock them over, yeah. you know, and you don't want nobody to go home with a broke trophy, so. But yeah. Let,
1: let's go all the way back. 2009 was the first year of, of the no way out. And and you talked about, you'd ran a race there at, at Vernon before and, and saw the success you could build. Mason, what, what was it that said no way out and I want to build this event the way you have, what, where, where did this kind of all come about? Uh, it was, it was all in
3: promoters, promoter skills. I mean, you know, as a, back then we had to work to promote cause you didn't have Facebook no social media at that time that, that I was much involved. Yeah, we had the internet. 4M was it, you know, and it was always just a bashing board. And it, so you had to work hard at, at promoting stuff. But, you know, I always knew at Vernon that Terry Eaglin owned the racetrack before Dave Allison bought it, who I leased it off of, that the Sprint Week race was huge. That's how Terry, you know, the Collinses ran it for a long time loved by everybody over there they had to deal work with terry but terry got the sprint week race that pretty much was their lease for the year they worked the race and terry got the money but it was a huge race only time all year they really run sprints but vernon was known for be a good sprint track everybody loved it so the first year i decided you know hey we're going to run a, a sprint race was when lawrenceburg remember when they went from whatever year that was, eight or nine, whatever. They was supposed to have their track done by race season. Well, it wasn't. So I made a deal with Dave Rudisall to, I would run Lawrenceburg sprint cars. They would collect points for Lawrenceburg f- when they went back. Cause you know, the sprint car games, they're a little more loyal than late model guys. I mean, they, if they find a track they like, they run at it a lot. And you know, those guys aren't used to racing for five, six, seven, eight thousand $8,000. You know, a lot of those normal guys run for fifteen hundred everywhere they go. Uh, That's they and Robert Ballou just said it. I don't know if you guys watched his interview from Volusia the other night, and he said, "You know, we 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 come to Florida because we don't we don't get a race for money like this, and we deserve it." And they do. I mean, I'm a sprint fan, but I guess I'm just thick in the head. I don't go. I'll, I'll watch late model races. I'll go to late model races. And back when I promoted, I went to a few, but now I work on this race and I try to keep, I could probably have a little better communication and relationship with these guys. If I got in and mingled a little more with them, but I have a good relationship with most of the guys. Cause I'm the guy who we had a meeting last night with the new owners. They said, well, what, what about space? I said, well, I'll park every hauler. Cause that gives me two chances. To shake their hand when I pull them in the first time and get them parked. Hey, man, thanks for coming, and I make sure I tell not just Robert Blue or Justin Grant. I'm going to tell the three guys who's working on their car mm-hmm. that's who who makes them fast. So they all need to hear the thank you. And at the end of the night, when the feature's over, I'm going down and thanking them. If I haven't did it depends on at Brownstown was always track work, so it give me time before the feature. Usually go down. Thank everybody for coming. So, but getting back to the question you asked me, I did that for Rudisil. And then I was like, damn, these people like, you know, I'm going to try to run some more sprint races. So, I was fishing at Starve Hollow one evening, and I'm like, man, I need to. And, of course, I'm not going to lie. Me and my wife didn't have a lot of money then. So, but Because if you're going to put up a big race, you better have the money. Trust me, I've ended up on the opposite side of that. You better have... You know, when you put a race on like the No Way Out, you you better have fifteen or twenty thousand dollars that you can lose if you want to stick your neck out weatherwise. You know, we—I've never been a guy to stick my neck out weatherwise because two thirds of the time you end up canceling and you just cost everybody a ton of money to get there. Mm-hmm. You know. Last year we had the same deal. I talked with both of you guys, and yep. he's like, "Hey, what are we doing?" <laughs> people I'm like, "Yeah, we got them." I'm going. We're making a decision right now. It was 11:45, and I just said, "Hey, good I, or bad, we got to make know, the call." Gotta go. <laughs> and I told you guys, I said, "I'll have you an answer by noon if I got to make it myself because we got to figure it out." Because I had guys. Hey, we're leaving
1: from Indy now. You know we're because. And the worst thing you can do for a driver and team is, and, and I understand sometimes it just happens. Worst thing you can do is get them there and then cancel. Yeah, when your weather's the night before. Yes. When you, when. Yeah.
3: And in defense of myself and Jim, we didn't get the sun we were going to get. Oh, absolutely. Year. You were there. <laughs> yeah. It, we were supposed to have sun at 9 a.m. We didn't get any sun till one, and it, we're just. I said, "Hey, get get a dozer out. We just either need to do it or not." I, and I, I shouldn't say I didn't care if we did it, but I
1: wanted a decision. So. And just to just to back up there, I, I do want to touch on that because I can tell you that when I pulled the truck and trailer in at nine thirty, ten o'clock, whatever time it was when we first got there, I would have bet you a serious amount of money there was no way in hell we were racing. Even when I got up there and stepped out of my truck into the grass, I would have guessed that what you guys were able to pull off to get that track ready and race as well as what it did is is unbelievable to me and that's mm-hmm. i mean that was that was saying something because you're exactly right there nothing lined up the way it was supposed to for you guys no
3: and it started a week before you know and, that, and that's another bad thing about how and I'll explain in a bit how all this went down i never worked so hard for a no way out 40 as i did last year you know i was there I don't know, 60, 70 hour. I mean, we were there, and it wasn't like I was just there. Jim was there, too, you know, because he had the mess with the icebreaker. Track mm-hmm. came apart, and there's never been a track in the history of the world that's put new dirt on that hadn't had trouble. It's just, you know, but you you hope you don't get that weather like that, like he had the week before, and he had to cancel. And I got up Sunday morning, straight up there. He'd already at, I don't know, 10 o'clock Sunday morning he had to track disc up. He had went and got a disc and disc it up, and we moved dirt and moved dirt and moved dirt, packed it in. I thought on Tuesday we had it ready. Still spongy in some places. We dug it all. And when I say we dug it all back out, we were digging out two and a half, three foot down, mobile home size places i mean i was like what but we'd get the dirt out move it around let it set an hour dry a little put a little in move it around and, and it worked because the racetrack last year had just enough character just enough that we were all commended from what happened the week before and it made for a great great race you know so yeah did i think it was when i pulled in at 8 30 i was like oh i mean i could you couldn't even pull in the pits and, you know, it was a smart decision. We kept all the cars out of the pits till about 2.30, mm-hmm. so it could dry. But let me tell you something with Brownstown. Over the years, I've been there my whole life. And every year, the pits gets less and less grass in it. <laughs> we all know grass dry. I mean, they need to figure out a way to get million-dollar row with some grass back in it. And I understand what happens. You go week to week, and it rains on Friday, and then you're there Saturday trying to move the dirt around to dry it. And when grass don't, I mean, grass literally, you know, that sucks was the, up all that water. That's a good thing. At Vernon, we never had trouble with wet grounds because you had sand and grass mm-hmm. over here. Mm-hmm. It dried. You had trouble with the racetrack drying up in the infield, but
1: they either need that or they need to do what Circle City did. They need to find a uh, a highway project and buy every millings they can and just. Dumping. Something in there. because honestly, the track The track drains
3: great. Yeah, it was ready. You know, the track was no problem. We put water on, I think, about
2: 130. Yeah. You so know, you guys were putting it, water on yeah, it. it. So it, I mean it, at a certain point.
3: Yeah, it was like, okay, water the track and try to dry the lineup chute. You know, at one point I was like, man, we need to doze, because that's how you fire McBrownstone at Brownstown, up the lineup shoot So we need to doze that off. But it ended up it dries pretty quick. Once you start getting a few sprint cars on top of it, it dries pretty quick. So But The way the race got started was me fishing, thinking, how could I do a 4,000 to win? Because at that time, there was only a handful. I mean, I'm talking a handful of 5,000 to win races, not even hardly any. So I was like, man, I pay 4,000. So I did 4,000. Very first No Way Out I had. It was so damn busy. The IGA up on the hill sold us every last pound of baloney. I mean, it was. It was huge. No doubt in my mind, it it has to be the biggest crowd Vernon's ever had. Because I know what Terry had for the Sprint Week shows. He told me. I mean, and I've been there. We had a lot. I mean, it was. And, you know, then the next year, we we had to run in with USAC a little bit. And they scheduled on top of me at, at Eldora. But I don't know if you guys remember the year that Eldora tried to put mulch in their dirt. And it come apart and blah, blah, blah. So they canceled. Well, they had a rule in USAC, I call the Mason Fleetwood rule, because I scheduled a sprint <laughs> week race because they wouldn't let me have one because the previous the owner of the track had a fallen out with USAC. So they wouldn't let me have a sprint week race because he owned the track. So they never raced on Tuesday, Wednesday. They always raced, what, like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, off Tuesday, Wednesday. And then th- mm-hmm. So I scheduled one on Wednesday. So they made a rule where you couldn't race... 24 hours previous or prior to an event. So there had to be a three-day window. So they... they, Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then when they had that at Eldora and they canceled it, they give Dave Darlin and several of them permission to come the no way out. We actually had them... It was a mess because we had them rolling in at like five. They were all calling. We went from uh, 26 car car count to 43. Jeez. I bet that road was burning up from Eldora. <laughs> and I instantly went from breaking even to making great money. Yeah, every every so,
1: state trooper between here yeah, yeah. and Rossburg, Ohio, might as well just yeah. shut her down because yeah. they were rolling. So since then,
3: me, myself, and USAC, years, they haven't ever done it. We had a talk, and I let them lease Twin Cities on a Wednesday night for a midget week race. But in the deal was, okay, a handshake deal. I'll do my race the end of March. You guys don't open up till Lawrenceburg, and they've they've stuck with that. But also in the deal, there was a ninety nine percent chance that I was going to get a Sprint Week race back the next year. And guess what? The one one percent got me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. I'm, I was done dealing with USAC. So I don't mind, I don't know the people that's there now. So, uh, but they've since wanted to sanction the race. You know, and I'm no, we're good. We're no entry fee. We're no tire rule we take the gloves off, come race, boys. And, and, you know, and it's amazing how many people will even comment on no entry fee.
1: I love that yeah. for a, that early season race. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. These guys, let them all get out and shake it down and just go to battle yeah. without all the extras exactly. being tied to it. It's going to cost, you know,
3: Justin Grant the same to race as it's going to cost me to get in to watch. Mm-hmm. You know, no it's You know, and... Is money an issue for a lot of those guys? No, not for a lot of them. But some, some of them, it is. You know, some of them just—they're competitive, but they could use that extra hundred-dollar entry fee money to go ahead and buy a new tire. You know, and uh, well, hundred dollars buy one. No, but if they had eighty back then, if they had eighty and put a hundred with it, they could. So well, well, not only and, that,
2: but you—you've kind of created a situation where a lot of those guys, those cars that are coming. They wouldn't pay an entry fee to go race against Justin Grant, Robert Ballew. If they don't have to pay an entry fee, yeah, we'll go yeah. A race. Yeah, you exactly. Know. So there's, you created a, a good event for the drivers.
3: And there's, let's be honest, there's there's 15 guys that could win that. Yep. Probably if you're a gambling man, you're, you got 10 or 12, but there's 15 guys that could win it for sure. And, I mean, it's, who'd ever thought that we could get that caliber of cars year after year? And I... Uh, you know, with with the changes we made this year, that was really one of the only things that made me go, wow, I'm going to lose some of my drivers just because, I mean, it's common sense. I'm not, I'm not an idiot. I mean, I knew if we continue to run it on the 26th that we were going to end up, I think we win the battle, but we're going to end up with 26 cars, and they're going to end up with 20, and we're going to end up with more people. I know we would. Cause I got to think that way. Cause if I don't think I win, who else is going to think I win? <laughs> so, um, so I just thought, you know, I'm. it's a prestigious race and I, I don't want to have one down. I don't want to go down the ladder. Um, and if it's just a simple date change, you know, it's a simple date change because I've got business partners now. So, you know, it's not just Mason and Tanya, my wife, cause it's not just going to be us lose money or not make any it's my other two business partners so it was to me it was a no brainer it didn't take me long to figure it out um
1: but before we jump into that let's let's go back and and obviously we've talked and <clears throat> The move from Brownstown last year, we, we've talked about what last year was and the, the work that you guys put in and pulled off an amazing show that, you know, Kevin Thomas Jr. ends up winning, a uh, two time winner there. And, and we'll get into some of the winners and multiple winners is even more historic when you start looking at those names. But obviously, we go from Brownstown last year, we're now at Paragon this year. How, how does that, we've kind of alluded to it, but I'm just going to ask you right out how does that transition happen to Paragon? Okay, back November,
3: mid November, when everybody starts working on their schedules. I mean every big sanctioning body by the end of November's they, they may not release it, but it's done. I mean it's it's done. So I I've always when I ran it, when Keith Lee helped me promote it at Brownstown, our schedules went always went out by Thanksgiving. Always. Just because if you got if you got a guy like we we got that scheduled a race against me. There's other guys that'll do, they'll just look and go, we waited way too long last year to announce the date. I actually, we were lucky because we would have cost ourselves three or four cars that had committed to go, do you remember where that was at, Ryan? Where were they? Where was Brady Bacon, Justin Grant? They were um, all going it was to in. it.
2: Um, it was in Missouri, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. It, was, it um, was I-55, I think.
3: Yeah, yeah they, I think they were racing exactly Thursday, right. Friday, yeah. Saturday, and they yeah. did something Thursday. They canceled Friday, Saturday weather.
1: Blah, blah, blah. Because yep. Brady pulled in last minute. Yeah, every yeah Brady were, was trying yeah. to
3: get his... his uh t-shirt trailer set up up there and he parked it in the wrong place and then well,
1: they parked where the ice cream went oh yeah and uh, <laughs>
3: that's yeah, one of know, the greatest
1: stories ever yeah. can't yeah. be told on there but <laughs> no that can't be <laughs>
3: but that was yeah. the greatest that might have been the deciding factor to move it yeah because we had to move a, 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 one of the top tier sprint car drivers trailers for a little ice cream. and truck. had to find a guy driving a truck in i found him though didn't i huh <laughs> I found... I found that
1: One that old, of my favorite all-time moments of standing with Brady Bacon is that truck hooks up to his t-shirt trailer, and Brady said, just don't let anybody get a picture. Yeah, that's what he said. <laughs> don't, don't don't let nobody get a picture and post that.
3: But that old boy's truck, when Brady... I, I said, damn, Brady, how much does that trailer weigh? Because that truck, didn't it? Psych. It just kept going, kept going down, and I was like... How much that weighs, man? There's a lot of t-shirts. Because if anybody knows Brady Bacon, <laughs> he's yep. got s- his number 69. And I think he's got 69 different versions of a t-shirt, yep. and
1: he sells a ton of them. He does, and he does a
3: great job with it. Yes, you, you know I'm on Facebook all the time, and you can't scroll a day without seeing something Brady Bacon. You know, so we're we're send a shout out to him and hope. I know he's got vacation scheduled that week, so hopefully he can he can get to peregrine speedway but brady you
1: can park that t-shirt i'm not even involved but yeah. you can park that t-shirt trailer anywhere you want at peregrine yeah. speedway yeah, just I, bring I, it on up there I,
3: i'm sure we can find a great <laughs> place for him to put it so uh okay so we start on that schedule trying to get it out and i'll just tell you me and me and jim didn't see eye to eye on on financial end of it um every year every year i got squeezed a little more and more it's a fact me and him may be the only two that know that, but I got squeezed every year for more and more. I just don't think he thought he had the racetrack and I had the race, and I think he thought his track was more important than my race. And it's his track's important, but my race is important to me. And that's one of the main reasons we moved it. I contacted him several times. We had a meeting. And like I said, the financials wouldn't line up, and I offered him a scenario that was on Wednesday before Christmas. He said, I'll get back with you on Friday. And I said, Friday's Christmas Eve. Just get back with me on Monday. I don't know what Monday he thought, but it was three Mondays before I decided I'm done. I just, and it, and it went down like this. I was in my garage, Bob Gump, which I know you guys know Bob Gump. He's the world's best fire rescue, push truck guy, take care of business, no bullshit type of guy. He's got your safety first and has been with me every year. This will be his 14th. And I messaged him, and I said, well, Bob, we've come to an end. I said, I'm going to announce it here in just a bit that the No Way Out 40 is not going to happen because I can't come to terms. And I had contacted, well, with Bob. Bob had contacted several racetracks. And bottom line is most of them just don't want to start racing that early. Mm-hmm. You know, they, you, unless you got to rewinterize it's not like you're going to open up and be open. You'll have to rewinterize. It's just and those guys know that. But so, Bob's like, oh, yeah, uh, okay, okay. And he said, give me five minutes. And I don't know what he was going to do in his five minutes. But I do believe in God winks, because he said, give me five minutes. So I was out in the garage, just on the front of my boat, going to type up. And I'm not a I'm not a typer. I'm not a I'm a doer more than a a typer, so I was like, this will take me forever. i probably always go in and have my wife do it. And about that time, I noticed I'd bought a battery from Tim at Napa. And I looked, and I was, damn, it's the wrong battery. It's not the right one. So I called Tim, and I said, hey, you got this right battery for my boat? And, yeah, yeah, you must have grabbed the wrong one. I said, okay. I said, well, the no way out's come to an end. He said, what? I said, yeah, it's come to an end. I said, I got nowhere to take it. He said, oh, yeah. He said, give me five minutes. And I'm like, okay, another guy with five minutes. <laughs> he calls me back and says, What about Perrigan? I said, Huh? He said, Well, these guys are buying it. And he said, they contacted me, kinda want me to help a guy promote it and work and they're in. And I'm like, Okay. You know, okay. And then I you know, I had to talk with the guy who's bought it now. And they're in. I mean, they're full fledged in. So and and they they don't know a lot about racing enough to know whether the race is good or bad so he just looked at me and said i'm just gonna take your word on it but he said we've been told by some people that it's it's a great race and i said yeah so they were all in so after i didn't hear from the promoter at brownstown for three weeks i was just like well we'll announce it it's going to paragon so the ball started rolling and and uh, they closed on it a couple of weeks ago um they are right out the owners of Paragon Speedway. Uh, Robert Woodward and Daryl Hilton are the owners. Uh, they're two businessmen out of Indianapolis. Um, super nice guys. I've met with them a couple times and talked with them on the phone. Um, they're going to make Paragon a better place, or they say they are. You know, and they've they've got the drive. I can tell you that. So. That's just how it ended up. And then the race got scheduled, another race, the other track got scheduled on top of ours. Um, It was out of spite what it was, and and that's okay. We had ours scheduled the same time on the 26th, so I was just like, it's kind of a no-brainer. I'm not going to lose. One, I don't want to lose my money, but I sure wouldn't feel good losing somebody else's after I'm telling them it's going to be a great race. And they're all excited. So they've let me make about every decision I needed to make for the race. Um, so I was just like, let's do the 19th. Yeah. We'll go up against another race, but we all know sitting here that for every 75 sprint fans, there's two late models. And for every 75 late model fans, there's two sprint fans. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's going to be people come to Perrigan that would have went to Brownstown. There's going to be people
1: that would go to Brownstown that would have come to Perrigan mm-hmm. on that night. Um, so, but I'm going to say this, and it may not be popular among some of the people that listen to this. But I'm going to commend you for splitting some of the fans instead of splitting the car count and the drivers.
3: Yeah, well, I I knew that it wasn't going to be good. If we done it on the 26, like I said, we I feel like we win the battle, but it's not going to be what it could be. And it, you know, why let seven days? determine what your how your race turns out. Now, I told you guys this earlier and I've told Robert and Daryl and Tim Keithley that's be a big part of this. Um, if I owned my own place or leased least my own track, we'd be going at it the twenty sixth because it would have been my money. But it's it is what it is. I can I can know I'm not that type of person. Never been, you know. I mean my mom taught me not to hate anybody. There's a few people I dislike and I added another one to the list. So, I mean, that's just the way it is. And we'll move on for the better of the race fan. And you know the way I see it? These guys that have supported me for 13 years, they're going to get a run for $15,100 is is what we're going to pay if you win all the contingencies. Mm -hmm. So $15,100, and then they get a load up. I've got some guys that said today, they called me from Pennsylvania, and he said, is there anywhere we can stay during the week? Because we're going to come, you pull right in my driveway if you want, and you'll be, you know, 10 miles from Brownstown. He said, You got a place we can work on a car? I said, My dad's got a shop. You know, he would, I'm sure he'd let you roll in there and work on it. So I didn't even catch the guy's name. He was like, I got to get off here so I can get my vacation scheduled. So two cars from Pennsylvania, and they're going to come down and get the best of it. So the way I see it, the No Way Out 40 went to Brownstown six, seven years ago not to get the nuts and bolts of it. Brownstown's been in existence since nineteen fifty one. Short of Steve Kinzer having a wing sprint race, did they ever have a big sprint race? Never. So I feel like I still gonna say, Hey, I brought that there. That was me. You know, you guys have got a race on the twenty six now because of me. Because of what we done building it up and, and yeah. He can piggyback and do what he wants to do, and I'm fine with that. But now I've got what I call these guys, the No Way Out 40 racers, are going to get a race again in seven days for $10,000 to win. Now, I don't know what he's paying to start, but we're going to pay $1,000 to start. And that's always been $400. So it went from $7,500 to win, $400 to start, to on the 10th year, we paid $10,000 to win, but the money was all sponsored right up front, which most of this money is. But the the rest of the purse is increased also. So it's not a it's not going to be a... Fifteen thousand to win. If you win all the cont- It's fourteen thousand, no matter what.
1: Fourteen thousand to win. Thousand dollars to start.
3: Yep. And I'll go through the contingencies mm. here in a minute. But you know, it's not like it's going to be fourteen thousand to win three thousand for second. You know, it's it'll be and and I'll I'll get the payout out sooner or later. But we're still tightening up nuts and bolts on the the whole deal. I mean, they're they're rebuilding concession stands and 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 from what I understand, you know, these guys are. They're in. I mean, they're on it. I I mean, I know what they've bought for the racetrack, so I'm encouraging anybody that can support Paragon Speedway this year, you know, with a new owner. every Who knows what racing's going to bring short of the first month mm-hmm. because we all know it's hard to get parts. It's it's bad. You know, my dad's got three cars in the garage, and, and one of them's race ready, the other one's close, and the other one he just said, heck with it. You know, he can't get a rear end, he can't get parts, so – You know, he's just like, I just put it on jack stands, put it over there. So I think racing will be great early on. But when guys start using up parts and you're always going to, there's always going to be companies take care of the, the 15 or so drivers in, in in the sprint cars and the 30 or so drivers in the late models. Those guys are always going to have new tires. Those guys are always going to have rear ends. They're all going to have everything, but it's the racers like my nephew who can run with the best of them, but he's just out of a small shop. Low-budget race team, what I call low-budget, but it's still.
1: It's, <laughs> oh, my God. But, it, it's, it, this is what I always compare that to, and and you, you bring up a great point there. It, it's low-budget because Devin doesn't have three of everything. Right. It doesn't mean it's cheaper. Oh, no. <laughs> that's his, a, so. his one car is as good as any of all the
3: rest of yes. them pulling out there. So sure. I, that's, You're exactly
1: right. That That's what – and, and I, I agree with you 100%. That idea of low budget, I think sometimes people think, oh, that's, look what they're getting out and do it. No. You'll it, never hear him say – It's a huge investment. They just don't have three yeah. of them sitting there when that one goes exactly.
3: bad. You'll never probably hear them say – Devin Gilpin got out the backup car. Yes, you might hear him say Devin Gilpin's going to the garage to get the other car. You know, yes. from
1: Brownstown maybe, but I'm just saying it's that's yeah. the exact difference right yeah. there. And that's what and I for the for the moderate race fan that maybe mm-hmm. doesn't understand that that's that's a huge difference and you're exactly right those guys are going to have those extra parts. I do have to tell you a funny story though about the announcement because when you posted and it was about I don't remember exactly, probably 9.15, 9.30 when you posted on Facebook that the No Way Out was going to Paragon, the original post. I just happened to be, just sat down in my Lazy Boy, got from the shop, just sat down, scrolling Facebook, and I see Mason Fleetwood says, No Way Out's going to Paragon. And I'm like, well, Ryan didn't say anything to me about that. So I text Ryan and say, hey, what's this? Ryan, his phone wasn't working in Seymour. Um, <laughs> Ryan, Ryan had already turned in for the night, and it's about 6.45 the next morning I'm driving to work, and Ryan goes, I don't know. This is news. Yeah, that, that was news to me. <laughs> so, is, yeah. so
2: I'm
1: like, all right. So it was just funny because, it, like you said, it just happened so fast, and those God winks that you talked about. But, you know, it was cool. I mean, it, even for us, like, I was like, Ryan and I talk quite a bit, and I would have thought he'd have mentioned like no way outs being moved. But, um,
3: well, I've I've promised
1: Ryan I keep him in
3: the loop on everything. He's one of the the four people that, that find out everything as soon as I figure it out. But that day, when I announced that, that night didn't even really think about the streaming. I had so much other stuff. Oh, I understand mind.
1: completely. Cuz
3: I all right, instantly I'm like, "All right, I got a my main guy Bob Gump that takes care of, you know, the push trucks and the and the fire rescue and all that. I got I got to get with him." Of course, you know, he says he'll follow me to the end of the earth. You know, he he's a true supporter. He's a great guy. So I had to make sure that I had those ducks in a row. And I, and I'll be honest, when I did think about the streaming i'm thinking okay it's going to happen whether we have streaming or not so but i got to get and then i think i contacted you later the next day
2: yeah no we yeah yeah, we talked it was yeah yeah. we touched base pretty quick but
3: but you got contacted before i to make sure you could stream on the 19th before i right but then again i was like okay because i told tim keithley i said you know we we may have to bypass the streaming because I don't know what they got planned. I know Lucas is going to be at Brownstown, but I said, I don't – they they're pretty big, bigger than what most people think. I mean, they do a lot of stuff. So, and he's like, all right. So, and I, in the middle of all this, you know, they hadn't closed yet. They they hadn't signed the papers. So, you got everybody as soon as I announced it. Okay, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? And I'm like, I can't you know, I'll let them announce it when they want to announce it. That's that's just what I said. You know, I I can't answer your questions because I want them to. So, when I met with them, I talked to him a couple of weeks ago, and he's given me the green light to make any decision I want to make, you know, virtually. But I don't do any without contacting him. You know, I'm not going to make any big rash decisions without letting him know what, what we got as far as help, streaming, Um, I know Tim and myself are going to be taking all the help to Perrigan that we've had in the past. So we'll have a great crew to, to get to race off in a timely manner. So it was just one of them things. It was like, wow, it's just, we're just going to switch.
2: Well, I think events, when they get to this magnitude, the the communication becomes more and more important every year, you know? Cause it's
3: just not like me and my wife running a race at twin cities. You know, where we took care of everything, you know. Yep. Now you've got so much. I mean, you, like, I've been in contact with the event shirts, and the, and I'll tell them in a little bit where, you know, we're going to do lap money, and, and, you know, it's just all. You got to get the PayPal, PayPal accounts ready. You got to get, yep. you know, they got to get wreckers bought. They got water trucks bought now. They've got graders brought, sheep's foot. Yep. Uh, Tim went to, I think, pick up a tractor tonight. I mean, they're. The good thing with these guys is they're all in, and it won't be on a Band-Aid budget. You know what I mean? Right. I'm not going to spend their money for them, but everything they tell me they're getting is stuff, man, I wished I had. I told him, I said, he said, yeah, we got a grader bought. And I said, is it like my first one? He said, I don't know what your first one was like. And I said, do you have to squirt ether in it to start it or, or maybe park <laughs> it on a hill so you can push in the clutch and let it roll down the hill so of start? He said, "No." I said, "Well, you're a lot better off than me." And I did figure that out last year with that Brownstown man. How great! I just think back, how great could I have done if I'd have had some good equipment? If I look back on it now, if I could do it now, me and the bank might own a lot of it, but I'd have a lot better equipment because it's it's what you got to have, you know. I mean, you got to have the best of equipment. So, but yeah, that that all come together so quick. I mean, it was. And I'm I'm not gonna I never contacted Jim at Brownson I was like, I give you three weeks, I'm gone. If if I meant anything, you know, it wasn't my fault his racetrack come apart the year before and I spent many hours trying to help him. You know, and I with me, that goes a long way with me. Some people aren't programmed like that. That's and you know, and I also feel that the way the way you run your life is a whole lot how you run your business too. You know, somebody that can be married for a long time and stay together and and work through things. You you feed that over to your business, and I want to feed it to my racers. That I only have one race a year, so I want it to be perfect because I don't get. I got to wait a whole year to make it up if it ain't good. And we've had a couple races that, you know, me and Tim was talking about last night. The the worst no way out was the best for Christopher Bell. I mean, it's his first time sitting in a sprint car. First time and he wins it. But let's be honest, he's a racer. He's a. So he went to Lawrenceburg with Keith Koontz and practiced. And they thought, damn, we're pretty good. So they was one of the last cars to pull in because Lawrenceburg always has their practice. Mm-hmm. And there'll be four or five guys go over there usually of a morning and then come to the No Way Out. But it be a long haul for him this year across the. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, they rolled in and I think he started eighth, but he just chugged the bottom, just chugged it. It was. Me, yeah, me and Tim were talking about it last night. I said it was the worst race, but it was it was a weather deal. We had rain coming. I said, Tim, you cut that track up, and we water it, and and it rains out. We're toast. We're going to get crucified on social media or whatever venues there was back then because it that was in I don't thirteen know what, fourteen the, or 13? 13, 13 yeah. yeah yep yeah and Clawson won it sixteen. Clausen won at fourteen and sixteen. Sixteen was the biggest crowd we ever had. Sixteen. It was like sixty <clears throat> last year we were seventy and sunny. My wife writes all that down. Now we've had some pretty crappy weather days, but in sixteen, I think it got like sixty eight. She had
1: no wind, sunny. And it was Let us let's, let's talk about those names. You brought up some of those. Dave Darlin, two thousand and eleven, and um T-mez, 2012, Christopher Bell, like you said, 2013 and first time in a sprint car. But obviously, Christopher Bell's career has uh, accelerated pretty nicely after 2013 right mm, there. Yeah, You talk about Brian Clausen in 14, Robert Ballou in 15, Clausen again in 16, um, Chad Baseflug in 17, Kevin Thomas Jr. in 18, Kyle Cummins in 19, which I understand that some people maybe don't follow sprint car racing as much. That Kyle Cummins name may not come out, but Kyle Cummins here locally has dominated. He's a a badass. Everything from Hobstott to Brownstown. I mean, the dude is a badass. It's the the only way to describe it. Again, 2020 canceled due to the COVID situation. Then 2021, again, Kevin Thomas Jr. puts himself in there with a multiple-time winner. And I'm telling you what, you look at, you look at, no, or you look at sprint car races and the names right there. Yeah, there aren't many that have been run since 2009 that's going to have that collection of names that what this group does.
3: I mean, and so many great racers that I can tell you has been in about every one of them. That has and not won, Chris Wyndham. <laughs> yeah, I think he's been in about every one. Justin Grant. You know, I mean, there's several guys. You know, Brady Bacon, Brady Short, Brady Short. <laughs> Brady Short. I mean, when, <laughs> I remember when we moved it to Brownstown, Brady Short sent me a message and was like.
1: Hallelujah. Write the check. (laughs) I'm telling you right now, I cannot believe he has not picked up a win at Brownstown. No. I mean, he,
3: and it's, it's just like his kryptonite. It is. I mean, when the modified and, and anything around the no way out, I mean, the fun fest or anything they did, he he just walks away. Win, 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 you know, and he was so excited, you know, and it's just it never plays out for him and man i don't know 3 years ago when he took a bad ride mm. a bad ride and i felt so bad for his dad cuz his dad was so tore up about it. cuz it was i mean i seen i was very few times am I in the press box i'm always in the infield going to pits taking care of the sprint stuff and i was up in the press box when he took that ride and i was out and running wow it was a hard bad ride you know and he took a trip to the hospital but he was I think concussion, but well, I, yeah. like they all get, but yeah, there's so many great racers. It's not that, that aren't on that list. It's that's, that's tried, you know, but the best of all is Jesse Hockett. You know, he was a process of elimination. I mean, it was a rough race that year. Vernon track was rough and, and I think it was Dave Darlin and John Stambro with three to go. Uh, uh, Stambro took Dave Darlin out. I mean, didn't do it on purpose, but it was a slide job. It didn't. He didn't, didn't. clear him. <laughs> he caught his left rear wheel and spun, uh, put a flat tire. Darlin had a flat tire, and, and and then Jesse Hockett. You know, it wasn't like it was a gimme. He had some guys there still racing with him, but and he had to be in that position to have
1: that opportunity.
3: It was, and it was his biggest win ever. You know, but he was known to race whatever they said he'd race a lawn tractor if if you know if it was suitable. I mean he and I've had contact with his wife. You know, and they brought two years ago they brought I don't know three cars. I mean that and and I've kind of got a there's a lot of Brian Clausen stuff going on. You know, and and I know there's a Jesse Hockett memorial. So we've kind of got away from that now a little bit. You know, we've always say a prayer for him and, and, you know, but there is a Jesse Hockett Memorial and we always just tag Jesse in it cause he won it. And then, you know, Clawson won it twice. And then, I mean, he, that's, that was, they're just both tough to lose a racer. And then to think, man, I've got two guys that's won the no way out 40, you know? And Robert Blue told me one time, he said, man, it's almost where you don't even want to come race this race, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, thank goodness they've, they've yeah. you know, they weren't killed in my race
1: but mm-hmm. and
3: but then again thank goodness they won my race
1: you know i mean you know and, and you talk about christopher bell and, and even the fact of year number 14 you had christopher bell who's going to run for the Daytona 500 again here this sunday you talk about brian clausen who ran in the indy 500 these are guys that won this race that have gone on to race in the pinnacles of motorsports and that I think that is just the, the testament to your race, but also, and I say it on the show all the time, people in southern Indiana don't realize how blessed we are with racing talent that we get to go watch. And,
2: oh, yeah. and that
1: list right there shows it. Yeah, And you know, you guys
3: do a lot of races, see a lot of races. As a racing industry, well, you got Jimmy Owens, Jonathan Dam, they're falling off of these Series, because they're missing out on so much money. Yeah, they did raise it to, what, 150, 175 to win the points. But, I mean, hell, these guys are going to race for a million. What, at Eldora? Yep. They're going to... Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't have to tag Lucas Oil, World Outlaws, USAC. That don't have... I mean, are they guarantee you're going to have some good cars? Yeah. But you don't have to have that. The The just the regional races that are big races... These guys want to race now. Do I think if I ran the No Way Out forty against a USAC race that I would get? No, no. I know better. I know when to schedule the race, and that was one thing I had had to explain to these my the new owners at Perrigan. You know, they're all, why don't we just do it later. You guys don't understand. This is a game of weather and promoters getting along, and just you know, I know that my best weather would probably be start or April second. That's the USAC opener at Lawrenceburg. Always has been. I'm not going to schedule a race then, you know. The 19th or that weekend when I was at Vernon or where, that's always the icebreaker weekend. I'm not going to schedule a race against it. But there's nothing going on in that 26. Never. Ever. 24th, 25th, 26. Never. So we scheduled it. We moved it. We'll move past it. We're done with that. We'll just promote our race. Promote it. Promote it. Promote it. So, uh, we are, we will have event shirts soon, soon yep. artwork. We'll pre-sell those
2: finalizing up some artwork here. Um, hopeful to have it this week yeah. and we'll get those, Um, you know, get, get them those done out so there.
3: we can ship them or have them at the track. So I will have
1: online a- pre-sell link, all that, all
3: make it that. easy, make it easy. We can ship them if they want us to, or they can pick them up at the track. Mm-hmm. However, um, I think we want to do some hoodies and hats too. Okay. So yeah. we're on it. You're Get at the right the place. Yep, yep, we're at the right <laughs> place for sure. Right here, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, we are going to on that same PayPal account. We'll set up a, a link to buy a lap for twenty five dollars. If you want your business name on a on a sign, we'll we'll do a sign that will have all forty laps. If we sell them all, I'm just going to tell you right now. If I don't sell them all, I'm going to buy them. So the race is going to pay fifteen thousand if you lead every lap. It will pay 15000 if you lead every lap. If how, you much are,
1: how much are you selling laps for?
3: $25 a yeah. lap. We're going to sell 40 of them. I'm not going to buy any of them unless they don't sell. If if we sell 20 of them, I'll buy 20 of them. If we don't, so, you know, if if you want to put your name, business name, kid's name, whatever. If you want to buy a couple laps, doesn't matter. That's just something that the guys at Perigam wanted to do, so I'm going to. Probably get that on the same page as we can with the shirts.
1: And well, let's stuff. just kick this off right here. We're we're going to buy 10 laps right off the bat. So, we'll we'll buy five for Dirt to Media and five for Fresh Prints. So, we're going to kick it off right there. So, there's only 30 laps available. 30
3: laps left. Okay.
1: Because we're going to take care of 10 right off you the bat. You want the first 10 laps?
3: Does it matter? Do you care? You let me know what laps you I need. don't really no, care. No, they don't
2: matter. No, we're good.
1: Where, you whatever, whatever,
2: you okay. sell them and you fit us in okay. where you need and, 10 laps.
3: And just to explain to people how that works... Let's just throw a racer out there, Kyle Cummings, mm-hmm. who's won it. You know, let's say Kyle Cummings leads the first ten laps, breaks, drops out. He gets two hundred and fifty dollars for leading them ten laps. If he leads, and a thousand dollars to start, and a thousand to start, yeah. So if he leads every lap, wins the feature, and he has fast time, because Lawrenceburg Fire Rescue put up a hundred dollars in each group. Perfect world, we're gonna have four groups. Perfect world, maybe more, but I mean, I honestly bet we'll have forty eight cars, probably somewhere around there, 40 to 50. So four groups. If you have the fastest time in your group, you get a hundred dollar bill. So if you're able to get fast time, lead every lap and win the feature, you're getting $15,100, which will make it the biggest paying sprint race advertised that I know of in Indiana. Now it may not be next week, but for this week it is. (laughs) So, uh, and, yeah. And, and I just urge people to support Perrigan Speedway new owners. I've been there not as an owner, but same thing when you lease it, it's your baby. So, you know, those guys will or work hard at it and it's no secret. Um, Tim Keithley's going to be involved over there early on. I don't know how much after a while, but he's going to be their, their go-to guy for a while. I don't, I haven't got much past the No Way Out, short of I have seen their schedule. Um, Pretty much done. A lot of races. I mean, a a good-looking schedule. And, you know, I will tell you, I've heard some people say, well, I heard they're not running sprint. They're running sprints. So, I mean, and and I'm not going to talk for their schedule. I know what's happening on the 19th. So, um, and I do look forward to working with those guys. I met with them last night, and they're super humble, you know, they, they own a dirt track. So, and, and, you know, it's not like they don't do their homework. They told me that they had found out a little bit about all of us, you know, because so he said, you know, the, the no way out is a, it's a prestigious race. And I said, yeah, it it is. And sometimes it takes somebody telling me that because I've did it for so long, but it is people, it's the kickoff, just like the icebreakers, the kickoff for dirt late model racing, you know, and then I just say, you know, What would that be like if Florence scheduled something on the 19th? Stop and think about it. It's just not the way business is run. But it just is what it is. And we'll move on and we'll have one hell of a race on the 19th. Weather permitting. And I will tell you this. We do have a rain date. It will be March the 26th. If we rain out on the 19th, before, during, It'll move to the 26th. I'm not I'm not crawling underneath the rock. I'm trying to stand on top of the rock for as long as I can, but if if it rains out after we get started or two days before, weathered out, whatever, it will be rescheduled on the 26th. Now, I'm not saying if we get in there and run on – I'm not that type of guy that if we get in there and run Saturday night and get to the con and we rain out that we wouldn't come back maybe. I'm not speaking that we would, but come back on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Because then again, I'm a promoter that wants to take care of the racers. So, But if the race gets rained out before we get started. There's no other option. It's the 26th, bottom line. And I, I'll just send a bag and a plead out there that people support what's been around. What's going to continue to be around, hopefully. You know, because racetracks that aren't owned are leased. And leases don't last forever. The average stint for a guy to run a racetrack is four to six years. So, I'm just saying, they don't leases don't last forever. So, sometimes races do. I mean, most of the good races fizzle out because people retire. And that's what I want to do. I, I want to retire the race and just, you know, a lot of the memorial races will go several years. And then they just eventually, because you get guys younger than us, are like. Who is that? Yeah. Well, who is Chuck Amati? You know. And that'll be another big race they'll have at, at Perrigan, which I'm going to be involved in, help them, make sure it goes off. Um, I'm not 100% sure if it'll be a sanctioned race or not, but I'm about 90% sure that it won't be. It'll just be an open race. Um, they've worked hard on the schedule to get it where there's not going to be much competition for the night that they got it. So, And it's always been, I guess, a pretty big race at Perrigan. Mm-hmm. So I've not, I'm have not, i not going to lie, I haven't been to Paragon since 1992, and my dad won the feature when I was there that day. <laughs> so...
2: I've yeah. never set foot on the place. Really, I've been to a million different places, but never yeah. pair again. Well, I was
3: told it hasn't changed since
2: nineteen ninety two. But you know, any
3: bottom line when this all happened, I don't just make decisions on the spur of a the moment. There is always a few people involved that I got a text or call, and the few people in the Sprint world that I called all said much better choice. And I am not down in brass. I am just saying much better choice for it being a Sprint track. And, you know, we've already got the pull. We're not trying to convince a late model fan to come watch sprints. And we do that at Brownstown. This is the way it is. Because it's legendary Brownstown Speedway dirt late model race that, in my opinion, Roger Williams was. I mean, me growing up, Roger Williams built Brownstown, period. James Essex had a big part in it. I'm not trying to take anything away from James, but you always hear the house James built. Well, you guys don't. I know you're not old enough, but Roger Williams was the first one to pay big money. Roger would get the races started and leave and go to Kentucky and advertise his racetrack while other tracks in Kentucky were racing. He was promoting it. <laughs>
0: yep.
3: He did. I mean, and he, he was the first one to get, I'm talking about regional Eldora's Eldor has always pulled the, the big cars, Absolutely. But, but it's pretty much a late model track, and and not that the sprints haven't put on good shows there because they have I've seen them with my own two eyes you know there have been good races but we'll hope everybody supports what we got going on over there and, and what they continue to do because it'll be a fresh start for them something different and they're both of the guys are full time big business owners so sometimes I just wonder how people get the time that's what we talked about earlier though you gotta hire good help Yep. Your business is only as good as the people you surround yourself with, so and and I hope they're all taking good care of mine, but not now because it's closed. <laughs> <So>.
2: <laughs> no, but I, I will say one thing about the you know the the whole situation in general that you know personally I feel is um, you know I love the fact and it's not really popular among series and track promoters right now, but the world of, of dirt racing in general, sprint car, late on everything is in such a weird spot. You know, you have got guys jumping away from Lucas Oil to go run, you know, the XR series now. And there there's new new players coming into the game and, and they're they're doing new things and they're trying new things. And ultimately, yeah, it's it's people are gonna get mad at each other. You know, the, these events in this situation, you know, you guys have had a relationship here and all of a sudden new player enters the game. We have a new event, new venue, new you know, it's mm-hmm. it's good for racing. I will, I'll, I'll say it until the end. It's it's good for racing. It's good for the drivers to have options. It's good for the fans to keep them, you know, it, talking about the sport. You know, it's it's just a. It's hard on promoters. It's hard on series and everything. But it's it's good for the overall product of racing. I feel.
3: I agree with you. On yeah, there's, I mean, the days of promoters, all of them getting along. I'm sure they're over. You know, I mean, there's the the thing is, things are different nowadays. When I first started running a track in 1999, I just wanted to make a little money every time. Now, there's not a lot of room for weekly shows. I mean, guys are so used to making chunks of money, and don't get me wrong, lots of times those chunks of money can turn into chunks of money going the other way. Mm -hmm. I mean. I'm just I feel fortunate that in all my time of promoting racetracks I can probably count on one hand the nights that I lost big sums of money in the what I call big sums of money. My very first big sum of money I lost was at Thunder Valley when I thought I'd have Northern All Stars late models through the week. Keithley pulls in and says you better cancel sprinkling in town. I'm like, It'll be all right. <laughs> yeah. No, it wasn't all right. My mom did not let me partner up with my dad anymore on any races. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I feel fortunate enough that we didn't have to to wait in the waters of, you know. And I, re, I don't remember who even ran Brownstown several years ago. I think it was Keithley when it rained. And they still tried to have it. And then they had it. Was it the Jackson 100 that uh, um, rained and they had it? I don't think
2: it, it was the Jackson. There was one night, though, I remember. And Tim still, he, he still had the track at the point. And I believe they started wheel packing. Like I think they got hot laps maybe part way through heat races and it rained. They pulled on the track like to start repacking the track with the cars like after midnight, and he raced because I I think I left four and they still had two classes left, but they raced. Yeah, that's, don't do that. <laughs> no,
3: no, we'll pull the plug and, yeah. and move on. I don't know what kind of curfew they have, but also you know I, I've caught a little flack this week on. Uh, Chris Nunn put out a press release on what I said. I was at Disney on vacation with my wife and Chris called me and said, Hey, can we do a couple things so I can do a press release? Can I ask you a few questions? Sure. And I just told him, I don't remember his question or whatever that I was going to this race. And I'll say it right here out loud. It's, it's catering to the sprint car people. That's what I, fans and drivers. It's what it is. It's a no way out 40. So, Will the order of events probably be Sprint Hot lap, Sprint Qualifying, something hot lap, Sprint Heat, something hot lap, Sprint Consies, maybe two heat races, Sprint Feature, and then finish the heat races? Probably the way it's going to be. Because last year I made a promise it was cold. Me and your dad, every year, <laughs> I look forward to that. We stand in the infield and talk and go over stuff. And last year I told him, I said, we're going to be done by 1030. He said, oh, I don't know. I said, yeah, we are. 10.27 when the checkered flew, but this year, I want to be done by 9.30. Now, I think we're going to start a half hour earlier, just a half hour, but, you know, we're not going to use the racetrack up with – I mean, those classes are going to race, and they're probably going to get out of there earlier than they ever did before. I don't know how late Perrigan raced. You know, but it's funny. You watch these races. You East Bay only has one class, but if you're not home by 8.30, you're not catching a feature. At East, no, no. but Volusia, you're comfortable if you leave somewhere yeah. at ten thirty last mm-hmm. night. Keith you watch the
2: features while you're eating breakfast. I've been at yeah. Volusia
3: and raced yeah. with Devin, and it'd be two in the morning before we get home. Volusia was no. never in any hurry,
1: and you know, and and we've talked about that on here too before. As a as a guy that has you know a seven year old son who loves racing, I can't tell you how much I appreciate that push to be done by then, because even if I take him and we race late, we all know, cause we all have been there. The kid that's asleep in the grandstands that your dad wakes up to help carry you back out mm-hmm. at midnight when you're seven years old, that you, you missed the best part. I want him to experience the feature. I exactly. want him to be yeah. there, to be a part of it, to see that. So I think sometimes we lose sight of, and we, we, we all sit around all day and go, How do we get more young fans? How do we build this sport? How do we get them in? Quit racing when they're asleep. (laughs) Give them a chance to be a part of the event. So I, as a father, and obviously I know you are as well, mm -hmm. I appreciate that idea that I can take my son to this and know he's going to see the entire event and get a chance to experience it. Funny story. The first race
3: that I won after me and my wife were together, we were married. First race she went to me with, went to the races with Brownstown, and it ran late. And we had my, my dad's motor home. My dad had went to Kentucky to race, and I didn't have a vehicle to pull my car with, so I took my mom and dad's motor home. Well, it turned out to be wonderful for my wife <laughs> because she never seen me win. She was still in the camper sleep, <laughs> and it's a laugh. You know, it's still a laugh for us because I still got that trophy, and I was like, I pull in the pits, and you're thinking, okay, she's going to be over there excited, right? Yeah, she's going to meet she me. nowhere around. Snoring. I go in there, she's still, she's sleeping in the <laughs> motorhome. So, yeah, and I agree with all that. You know, Michael Rigsby really pushes the sometimes it, it is a touch insulting to racetrack promoters because they're doing the best they can. Most of the time, they are. But that old Michael Rigsby is always talking about, you know, we race too late, we race too late. Not every racetrack can make it running three classes. That's, you're but, right. But as a promoter, over the years, I was part of that that ruined that. You know, years ago, we had three classes and 120 cars. Because we had late models, street stocks, bombers. That's all we had. Now we took them 120 cars, and we just decided to add two more classes with pure stocks and Hornets. So we took a few out of each one. Now we still get 120 cars, but we got to run five features. Mm-hmm. That's the sucky part. But it was like things started to get so expensive that we had to back up and try to find a way for them to race. So, you know, the time thing. And you know that old saying, oh, yeah, they kept them in there to try to sell more hot dogs and popcorn. (laughs) Well, I just want to look at them and go, yeah, and I'm paying the law enforcement $125 each an hour, and I'm paying the ambulance $175 an hour. How many hot dogs do you think I can sell? I want to get done. (laughs) So at the safety of the drivers to make sure that it's, complete we go as fast as we can because like Perrigan, i i mean i got the bills last night for what things are going to be i mean it's going to be 500 an hour for every hour you run for fire rescue for for your security or police officers i mean and then you know in most I don't know how most tracks do. Years ago, I just paid a set amount. But if you're paying them hourly, you can't sell enough stuff. You want to get done. You want to sell them while they're there, but you want to get done. Everybody, not everybody wants to race till one o'clock. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it happens, but you know the tracks you go to, you know you've been to. You know the ones that's going to get over decent unless mm-hmm. something bad happens. You know you 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 know, you know. And that was probably one thing at Vernon. We probably raced later. Most nights we were done by midnight, but there were some nights, you know, there wasn't a curfew, so we were trying to get done, but it was five and six classes. I mean, because we would run crates. At one time, crates, bombers, pure stocks, hornets, super stocks. I mean, you had, I think there were six classes when we ran them all. Help Thunder Valley, we ran seven for a Mm -hmm. long time. Had the trucks, mini stocks, mini sprints, rookie class. I mean- but never had no concies much over there, so you got to go through them pretty quick.
2: I just think the big thing there is it's, yeah, nobody wants to be there so late, but in a situation like this when you've got an event like the No Way Out or you've got a, a major series in there, they're the headline, they're the show, get them in, get them out, and then, you know, well, if you've if got a race, you've got a race.
3: If it's summer, right. you're not going to get cold. But let's be honest, the extended forecast, you look at it right now, it's 60, <laughs> 63. Okay, great, we'll take yep. it. Twenty-seven. Yeah. <laughs> so, anytime you're past nine o'clock, you're cold. Yep. So, we want to. We here's what I've in, in all business with my restaurant. I tell the girls, you gotta be good at waiting tables because if something happens that their food weren't great, wasn't great by some chance, we want the service to be great. Same thing with racing. If if they're there late, you don't want them to be there late, cold, and see a shitty race. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah you got to be b- good on two of them and you hope it's out early and they're not or they're, they're out early and they seen a good race, you know, cause yep. people know, I mean, I will say one thing Brownstown proved to me three or four years ago when it got only got to 43 and they raced the icebreaker and it was packed. I mean, you, we've set a, a, a temperature so I could let those guys know, but pretty much you're around that 47, 48 degree mark. If we get to that, and it's no chance of rain. Put your coats on. your long, Johns. Because if you can start at 530 and be done by 9, 930, they're not going to be cold real long. You know what I
2: mean? I mean, Well, let's let's be honest too. We're going to a race in Indiana in March.
3: March. You know what? A
2: little bit of common sense, you know, is going to go a long ways here. And I think most of the people who do come out, they understand it's going to be cold, and they do understand there's a chance that hey, we might be here late. Let's throw an extra jacket in the car. Let's take our propane heater, whatever it is. So
3: we are at a dirt track. There's have to be a fire started somewhere. You (laughs) never know. You see all those down in Florida and Georgia. I we mean, did a
2: cart show in Florida, and th- there was bonfires. Yeah. E- like every every five feet, there was a bonfire. Like everybody had a fire.
3: You have to have a race receiver in Florida because you think it's yellow yeah. every time you go around the backstretch. It yep. uh, All Tech, they had them big fires out there, and you're like, you come out, you, you'd have to listen to your race receiver because you'd think they'd be flashing <laughs> yellow with all them flames. But, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it in a nutshell.
1: Well, Mason, I'm going to say this, man, and, and and we're at an hour and 15 minutes. It feels like we haven't even got started. But uh, I can't thank you enough for, again, A, coming on the show to help promote the event, B, allowing us with Dirt to Media to be a part of the event. Um, it, it is for a kid that grew up going to Bloomington Speedway and watching the Briscoes and the Kinsers, and and that those were my heroes. I mean, I've said on the show a thousand times Kevin Briscoe is my ultimate hero in motorsports. Was Chuck
3: Amati still around when you was going over there when you were young? Chuck was not. See, when I was in 88, about when I started, and I raced over there some in 88, 89, they run bombers some. But if Briscoe didn't win, Chuck Amati did. Yeah. I mean, in the late 80s, if Briscoe didn't win... Kevin Briscoe, that is, yes, yeah. Kevin, <laughs> yes, yeah. Chase wouldn't have been thought of it then, right? Nineteen ninety, <laughs> not, not yeah, at all. Yeah. So, but,
1: but for me to have a guy that puts the passion into the sprint cars and and get to see this event, it's it's really special. So i I just want to say thank you for letting us be a part of it. Well, you know, last
3: year we had a great relationship on, and I encourage everybody to go to Dirt Media. You know, if you can't make it, there's nothing like smelling the fuel and hearing them roar, but, you know, we'll have friends in California, Florida, I mean, that yep. that don't get the shot, so you give them a shot. I'll be honest. I was – years ago, I was like, man, I don't know about this streaming stuff, but it opens – I honestly think you'll get a new crowd of people this year because the people who watched it last year won't want to miss it. They'll want to come. I mean, I'll mean, i tell you,
2: on on our open-wheel shows, Sprint Car Stuff, um, you know, we get folks watching from Australia – new zealand uh, Canada, new zealand i mean it's you get a, a an international crowd um which is just uh, it amazes me that you've got a guy in australia i don't know exactly what time it is over there when we're yeah. racing but he's watching a race so i don't care if it's six in the morning whatever it is over there he's he's watching and, then, and you
3: know if you get a night that's foul weather and yep. you think man my crowd's going to be down well there's your money for your yep. crowd being down you know what i'm saying i mean it, yep. it Everybody's helping everybody the way I've, I mean it. It was a great partnership last year. I look forward to it this year. And all that you guys have done up to this point for the race, I appreciate it. There'll be probably a little bit more. Um, I know those the new owners have, are probably going to bring on a couple more sponsors. But I do want to mention my two sponsors that I've had for many years. Um, Lucas Weemiller, <laughs> Weemiller Express. Um, the race is presented by Lucas we miller with we miller express and who's your truck sales matt Boatnik. and there were a couple of the first guys i called when they they said they'd sponsor this year i always work that out early and when i decided to go to perrigan i asked him i said hey you guys still on board and they were both yeah it's yeah so
1: you'd be hard pressed cool. to find two better guys than those two right there
3: no good they've been good sponsors and and it'll be a little sad i would like to see uh Lucas, bring a truck over and carry the flag like he got to the one year with the flag in the back. and
2: He still might. He's, he's he nationwide might. He's, right now. You he's, ne- he's got snaps never know. In, in, yeah. You know, 25 yeah. different states. You right may now, not but.
1: know till the day of. He may just pull in, <laughs> haul in a, a load of timber and just drop
3: it and, and go the way he operates. The, the one year he was like, he was racing, yeah. right? The one year, and he's like, hey, I want to carry the flag in my truck. Cool. You know, well, he said, ride with me. I said, oh, I'll ride with you. Well, he he was hot lapping right (laughs) he was going to hot we were going to do sprint qualifying i think then do the do the flag and then the modifiers are going to hot lap and yeah i see him running down the pit road he pulled his car to because i think he had Ben helping him then yeah well he pulled it down the lineup shooting and run back and got his semi to come out there to to carry the flag around and boy don't he love life i mean (laughs) i
2: I envy his love for life i really do
3: So, and, yep. you know, you're not going to find a better guy to help you out than Matt Boatnik. Yep. Yep. I mean, if, if Matt could probably get paid on the amount of people he's helped out in his life. I mean, eh. he's super. And, you know, it it was tough for, for Matt when I called him, I'm sure. Because, you know, he's he's on the board at Brownstown. And he's a big supporter of Brownstown Speedway. Mm-hmm. So, he was like, really? I'm like, yeah, that's... He was like, I'm good. Take care of your business. I'll help you out no problem so those are, are my two sponsors that's been with me for a long long time um, and I, I want to thank Don Short years ago when I started he was my very first sponsor with Brady's dad and mm-hmm. Don sponsored the first I think three years when I didn't have any sponsors and it was nice so I mean I'm sure they'll probably listen to this sooner or later so I want to thank them and, and uh, anybody else that's helped along the way My beautiful wife who loves this week every year, the week (laughs) of the no way out. The nerves get to pumping, you know. And until you've lived the life of a race promoter, it's probably about the people you ask and go, you know, why why, why you gamble? Because they just love it. And it's the same way running a racetrack because you don't know. My wife's saying was Saturday morning, you ready to go to the gambling boat? Because you didn't know what you was going to make. You didn't know what was going to happen. And nowadays, it's even more so that way
2: i mean like i know with our involvement with with all these events you know we we partner up with promoters and we've got gamble on our end but nowhere near what track promoters are taking on and and just uh, the respect i have for all track promoters regardless Mm -hmm. good bad or ugly they're all sticking their neck out and they're all to give us a chance yeah i mean they're all they're all out there doing their thing and um it's just, like I said, I see what we go through on our end, on the media side, and what, what gambles we take for broadcast. And,
3: um, 50% of it we can take care of, and the other yep. 50% is Mother Nature. Yep. And so, yep. And we can't do anything to to make her lean one way or the other. Yep. So, you know, we got to make sure we take care of what we can, and then Mother Nature will take care of the rest. If it's a beautiful day, I'm sure we'll be packed. If it's a nice day, I'm sure we'll be packed. So. We'll just wait till March the nineteenth and see, and we'll see if we can gather up some more money. If anybody else wants to come on board to sponsor, and and I'll just say something right now: if anybody wants to come on board and sponsor, that sponsor money will go straight into the purse, every penny of it. I've, I'll I'll hopefully make my money. So if we can get it, somebody to come on board, maybe maybe the thing might pay twenty thousand to win by the time we're done. So. And there you go guys. Paragon And Speedway. I will say this real quick. If if the race gets switched to March the 26th, the race will pay 16,000 to win. 16,500. There you heard it because I've got somebody that if I have to race against that other track they're going to put up $2500. So, I'm not going to just take their 2500, I'll put it right in the purse. So, if we switch to the 26th, not counting contingency money, it will pay $16,500 to win. There you go.
1: March 19th March scheduled 19th, date. March 19th is what we want. Paragon Speedway to win, $1,000 to start, contingency money if you lead all the laps, if you're the fast qualifier in your group, $15,100 to win right there. Don't forget, guys, coming soon, that link will be out to uh, sponsor a lap. There are 30 laps uh, left. Uh, Apologize, we got a little... Uh, early bird special yeah, to jump in right there for 10 <laughs> laps. But 30 laps left. Get out. Sponsor these guys. And, uh, again, get out to Paragon Speedway March 19th. Support this event. And uh, if you can't be at the track, buy it. TV, And uh, we're going to give you the best coverage that we absolutely can. And, Mason, again, thank you, brother. We appreciate you. It's going to be a long summer. Support a dirt track.
3: It's going to – No matter whether this race goes off in a click or not, I'm a dirt racer, have been since the day I was born. So, support a dirt track. Absolutely. That's what we got to do.
1: The last thing I'm going to throw out there, because he didn't bring it up all night, though, but if you are in Brownstown, Indiana, stop by Blondie's Pizzeria and Pub, uh, some of the best food, cold beer, beer. best atmosphere service you can find and uh mason well, we was appreciate that mason was uh, uh humble and didn't bring it up all night but definitely one of my favorite joints when i get over that way and uh so definitely swing by blondie's pizzeria and uh and uh tell them thrall up the podcast sent so right. you so you won't get a discount or anything no. but just tell them <laughs> we <laughs> no. sent you uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well thank you guys both appreciate it yep.
1: thanks Mason.
2: thank you appreciate you guys